Hey, Eric. How's it going? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Yeah. So, uh, well, first of all, I just want to say thanks for, for joining me tonight. What I've been trying to do over the course of the last month or so is try to catch up with f- former Dallas Mavericks and, and, and talk about their time in Dallas, their NBA career, what they're doing now. And yeah, I'm a lifelong Mavs fan. And I just thought it'd be kind of cool just to catch up with players from the past. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. If you don't mind, I I just kind of like to dive into your career and we'll we'll go from there. Cool. So what got you in into basketball as a youngster or was that your favorite your, your favorite sport growing up? Like how how did you get started? Oh, well that's 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 kind of crazy because um actually football was my best sport. Um but I I was pretty gifted in in all sports. You know, I was a seasonal player, so whatever the season was is kind of what I was into at that time and and you know I always had a basketball picked it up and, and 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 I was kind of a unique guy that when all my friends were out riding their bikes and doing all of those things I, I'd go down to the elementary school with no rim I mean just the rim and no nets and and just you know do a lot of imagination and creativity and 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 thinking about situations and and kind of acting them out and those are some of the things that I would do as a kid and, and, and just kind of helped me develop. And, and, you know, my dad was a, was a big proponent of, of putting me in, in heavy competition. So at the age of 12 and 13, he'd take me out to the base gym and I'd play against men. You know, the men didn't want me to play, but, you know, I was a big kid. I was probably about 5'8", five, 5'9", five, you know, 12, 13, you know, going on almost six foot. And so, you know, Physically, that's what kind of helped me to be a physical player on the next levels, and and it and it helped me in in all aspects of my playing. So I guess growing or going into high school, were you a, a seasonal athlete then too, just playing everything yeah. year round? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Just just whenever the season was out, you know, I was I was an all state football player. I was a top ten uh, receiver in the country uh, as a junior. Wow, and. Um, I just I was recruited very heavily in football and just didn't play my senior year and played one year of baseball my senior year and got drafted by the Florida Marlins. I read that. And, uh, yeah. In their organization for a few years and then uh, uh, you know my coach there you know said you know it's pretty much time to make a decision and and uh, he told me that uh, uh, if I decided to go basketball that he'd offer me an opportunity to come back and so that gave me a little leeway to go and pursue basketball and. I think I loved basketball more, uh, but football was probably my best sport. So when, when you were in high school playing basketball, who was the, the best player you played against at that time of your life? Was it someone that eventually made the NBA or was it more of a, a local rival? Yeah, it was a local rival. He actually is um, – he – we went to Nebraska together. His name was Andre Woolrich. He was he was probably the biggest rival in my age group, and a lot of the guys at that time we did go on to play college ball. Uh, Curtis Marshall went on to play at NC State. Uh, Terrence Badgett was a rival at that time. He went on to play with me at Nebraska, and then uh, you know Andy Andre Woolridge. He he came to Nebraska, then he transferred to to Iowa, and he went on to have a stellar career at Iowa, where he was uh, Big Ten. Big Ten Player of the Year, senior year, and you know, probably I think he had the the only player to lead in scoring and assists and in in the league, and so he had a really good career. So 
yeah, it, it was it was it was a pretty fun time to be playing uh, mm-hmm. in Nebraska at that time. Who who were some notable college players that you played with or against um, during your time at Nebraska? Uh, you know, we we played against the Fab Five in wow. uh, Hawaii. So we played against the Michigan team, and mm-hmm. and uh, of course you know who they had, right? <laughs> uh, you know, a guy named Sean Resford went on to play in the NBA at Michigan State. Eric mm-hmm. Snow, we played against them. Uh, Gerald Honeycutt, and they had that really good Tulane Wave team. Mm-hmm. You know, Melvin Booker, he didn't play in the NBA, but he had a really good career at Missouri. Harold Miner. Wow. So you, you faced some pretty stiff competition then. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we, yeah, you know, there were some, there were some solid teams that we had an opportunity to play against and, and uh, uh, had a nice little run there at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So – so once you finish your, your college career, you end up going undrafted in the 96 draft. How, how, did, how did you end up in, in Dallas in the fall of 96 then? Like what, what events transpired for you, for you to end up with the Mavs? Well, I, I, um, of course, I didn't get drafted. You know, I, I was kind of at Nebraska. I played out of position, and a lot of that was because, you know, physically I was able to do it. You know, mm-hmm. at 6'3", I was able to guard 6'8 guys, 6'7 guys. And a lot of our other guards, even though they may have been taller, just didn't have the ability to do it. So it, it kind of forced me to play out of position. So I didn't really play point guard, which was going to be my position at the next level. So, of course, at that time, you, you have uh, – it was a different time when, you know, at a certain size, you were pretty much – if you were 5'11 to 6'3", you were a point guard. If you were 6'3 to – I mean, six four to six six, you were a two guard, and if you were six seven to six nine ten, you were three, and mm-hmm. so forth and so on. So you 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 kind of got labeled, and they didn't really just have like they do now. You're a player; they'll find a place for you. And, and so I had to kind of uh, learn the point guard position and and work hard at it, and work at consistency and shooting, and and those are things that I did in my off season. And so I went to um, a camp in Portsmouth and. Uh, didn't play very well, I thought. I thought I played terrible. And there was um, one guy by the name of Ron Aker who was a um, scout for the Dallas Mavericks at that time. And uh, Ron saw something in me that was unique and, mm-hmm. and he thought it was a diamond, you know, that was rough at the time. And and um, he said, hey, we would like to invite you to, uh, to camp. And I went to – I got called to go and play – in the summer league. Mm-hmm. So I played with, I played in one summer league games with the New Jersey Nets and with Kerry Kittles was there at that time. And, and uh, some of those guys with the Nets and, and then I ended up going to play with the Pacers uh, in LA with Travis Best and, and some of those guys and Travis Knight. And, mm-hmm. and then the Mavs liked some of the stuff I was able to do and brought me into veteran camp and went in and earned a job. That's and it really was kind of crazy how I earned that job. Actually, <laughs> you know, Ross Perot Jr. was, um, uh, you know, he was a new owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had new new staff, and he pretty much was like, "Hey, there's nothing guaranteed for anybody," and he had to cut, you know, like three contracts. You know, I think like one point seven eight million dollars in contracts to keep me. So uh, I was blessed, and God truly gave me an opportunity to to do that because that was pretty unique at that time. They're cutting that kind of contracts to keep. Mm-hmm. A player like myself. So you come to Dallas, and 
you played two early games in the season with with Jason Kidd at that time, who who was still here. I know you didn't get to play with him very very long, but I mean, would you say that he was the most talented point guard you played with? Yeah, I actually played against him in high school. Oh so wow! We played in a tournament against them in high school in Las Vegas, and so. I was very familiar with, with Jason and, and that's what kind of earned me my position. Cause I just hawked him everywhere he went and we almost got <laughs> because of it. But yeah, he, he, he was very gifted, uh, strong, great vision, uh, well-versed in the game, just, just total understanding of, of, of players and what their strengths and weaknesses were and where to get them the ball that where they could be successful and, uh, pushed the pace uh, and 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 did all of those things very well. Wasn't a very good shooter mm-hmm. um, early in his career, but right, he wasn't developed that you know, over the years and and um, just just a phenomenal player. Is one of the best at, at what he did. What do you remember most from from your rookie season in Dallas? Uh, the trials of it. I think. I, I mean, that you know you don't really get an opportunity to play. You, you know, you, you kind of just have to stay ready. Uh, I did a lot of things. I stayed late and came early and just really worked on my game as much as I could. And the thing that I, I remember most is getting sent back to the CBA and, and not having an going back to Oklahoma city and they're not really playing me. Mm-hmm. And from that point, uh, just having to have a real heart to heart with the coach at the time there and saying, Hey, look, coach, um, um, you know, my goal is not to stay here mm-hmm. I'm trying to get back. And I understand you have your guys and you like your players, but you know, if there's a way that you can trade me because, you know, I, I need to need to see some court time. And, and so they traded me to quad cities and got there and had a really good stint there. And, and um, the Mavericks had a, a, a big break for me was when the Mavericks made the the huge trades that they made and sent eight players away. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing really well in the CBA. I was familiar with the offense. And so Don Nelson thought it was a good idea to bring me back. And so I came back on a 10 day and there was only seven players. I had to play. Right. And we played Vancouver that night. I think I had like 10 or 11, uh, 11 points and, the next night we played against Sacramento, which Mitch Richmond was their all-star guard. And he was my assignment that night. And I, I did a wonderful job in shutting him down and helping us to get a win. And, and I think I had like 25 points and, and never got off the court. And wow. so ended up with a, a solid rest of the season and signed a great contract to, to stay with the Mavs. That's really cool. So yeah, moving on to your second season, and it's actually funny. I remember, I remember this so well. I, I talked to Chris Anstey about it last week. Was that that Bulls game that you guys played against Jordan in, in March '98? Yeah. yeah. And, um, I remember when Jordan retired. There was an article in the Dallas Morning News, and you were quoted in it, and you said, "I'm one and zero against the great one." And uh, yeah. so I was wondering what, what that experience was like for you playing in that game, in that environment. I know Chris had some really good memories of it when I spoke to him, so I'm kind of curious as to your thoughts on it. Well, you know, of course, you look across and they're having the kind of season that they're having, and, you know, MJ is going to be part of my assignment, you know, mm-hmm. along with Michael Finley. And, and it, it, it was a good test for us because it showed what kind of heart the team was developing 
as far as where our future was going to be like. And, you know, we took a lot of lumps and we took a lot of bruises. But the one thing that we did, you know, in that year and in that season and then even in that game is that we just showed a lot of heart. We never we never felt that we were out of games. We just played and we, we were unmatched in a lot of different areas. Um, but ultimately, we continued to just work as a unit and work as a team and play to the best of our abilities. And we felt that Don Nelson was just a coach that was fun to play for. And the organization was starting to make some strides and in, 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 in making it fun to be in Dallas. And so, yeah, that, that was, that was, uh, that was part of what I enjoyed about it. For sure. Yeah. That was, that was a pretty memorable game. Um, I remember watching that game, with my dad and when uh, Cedric Sabalos hit that yeah. three, I, I, I jumped in the air. I think I, I was in fifth grade, but I, I just, I, I have such a crystal clear memory of that game. So that was definitely a special night. Toes in the air. It, it, you know, he literally was almost out of bounds. Yeah, he was. He and, really was. Uh, his, I remember looking and his feet were up and then <laughs> he hit that shot and it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So then you move on into the next season and that was the, the lockout year. Yeah. And I'm curious as to what is what were your opinions on the lockout as a a guy who, you know, just less than two years prior was undrafted and was, you know, like dying for a chance to be in the NBA. Like, were you against it or what or were you for it? Because I feel like a, an undrafted guy might have a different stance on it than a drafted guy. I actually was for it because, you know, I was a representative for the team. So I had a lot of insight as to what was transpiring. I got a lot of information. Mm-hmm. I was at the meetings, the, the the players' association meetings, and so I understood, you know, what it meant, and so I was definitely for it because, you know, we weren't getting the the right portion of the of the stick, right? And so I thought it was right. Of course, you want to play and you want to be in it, but I was okay with it and and uh, sitting out. I didn't play very well that season. Kind of got me in the doghouse with Donnie Nel- uh, with Big Nelson. Mm-hmm. Big so going into my last year, I'm sure we'll talk about. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, you know. But yeah, I, I I was okay with it. Now during that season, what what were you, your memories of a, a rookie Dirk Nowitzki? He was young. Mm-hmm. Um, he was six ten. Didn't really have the strength, and didn't really understand the game from a pro standpoint. Uh, NBA standpoint and so you know that there would be times in practice where he tried to post me up and <laughs> you know of course you could be a little bit more physical back then I'd have him way out at the three-point line and you know uh, but the one thing you could always see with Dirk is that you knew he was going to be a top tier all-star great player and where that greatness would land would depend on him but <laughs> he was driven like that. He worked like that. He practiced like that. He did everything after practice and he understood what his weaknesses were and he worked on those. And you can see that progression in what he was able to do throughout his career and, 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 and helping them to win championships and, and the way he was able to play. Yeah. No, career. That, he's, he's been incredible to watch and, that's, that's pretty cool that you got to play with him as he, as he was get, uh, getting started. Yeah. So moving on to the next season, that was really a season where the Mavs started to turn things around. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you played a big role in that. You played 68 games. You started 67 of them, had some really great games. And there's two games I wanted to ask you about in particular. Both of them were against the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was in San Antonio. And at that time, the Spurs were the defending champs. You know, the Mavs were putting some wins together, but not in the playoff picture. But you and I think it was Steve Nash just hit so many threes that game. You guys got a 20-point win in San Antonio, which mm-hmm. for the Mavs was unheard of at that time. Yeah. So what do you remember most about that game? Man, just the poise and just how confident I felt. Mm-hmm. I was just – I came into that game and I just felt really good. I felt, you know, really confident. And, and you know, the Spurs never scared me. and. Mm-hmm. And and I just uh, caught fire, and you know we caught fire, and we were feeding off each other, and and just like it, it's kind of like that zone. I mean, you can never really explain that zone, what that feels like, and it's just nothing around you is is just a focus, a laser focus, like kind of Luke Skywalker going into the Death Star, <laughs> right? And it's just nothing around mattered, and 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 that's how it felt. It was. It was an awesome experience, and it's one that um, I wish I had tape on. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, that would. I wish I had a tape of it because I remember watching it, and I. It was just. It was so much fun, and I mean, su- I, at the time it was surprising, but when you think about how you guys were playing towards that that part of the season, like you know, it really wasn't surprising. You had a lot of talent, a lot of young talent, and you guys just went in and, and shot the lights out. So I mean, I just I I have such a vivid memory of that game too. So I, I would love to have have a tape of that too just as a fan mm-hmm. um, and now the next game against the Spurs is very memorable now I, I think the Spurs were probably coming into Dallas looking to make a statement after things had gone the previous week and you know they had a big lead and in the second half you guys took charge and then I think the Mavs were down down by one on the final possession of the game after an incredible comeback Finley kicks it to Dirk in the corner. And I mean, that's the shot you want in that situation. At, at that time, he had, he had cemented himself as a, as a really good shooter, mm-hmm. but he tosses up an air ball, and you're right there in the basket to tip it in. With there might have been a tenth of a second left when it left your hands. I've watched that replay a lot as I've been preparing for this interview, and, and you you tipped it in at the buzzer. The Mavs win at reunion. What what do you remember most about I guess that game and that play, and you know what was the locker room like after that? Because I mean, you guys were not a playoff team, but you had just beaten the defending champions two times in like 10 days. Yeah. One, I think a lot of people don't give Don Nelson credit Mm -hmm. for the genius he was as far as strategically and making adjustments and looking at weaknesses and exploiting them and taking advantages of mismatches. And, you know, once things got bad with our normal lineup, Mm -hmm. He did something that still blows my mind today in that he says, I'm going to go with a a mismatch crew because we couldn't match up with them normally. Mm -hmm. And Tim Duncan was killing us and we had no answer for him. So what he did was he said, we're going to put Eric on Tim Duncan. Um, We're going to put AC Green on David Robinson. And Cedric Sabalas is going to cover uh, Sean Elliott. And we're going to put Michael Finley on Mario Ellie. 
and we're going to put Steve Nash, which, you know, defensively, he, you know, he could be a liability, but mm-hmm. with, with Avery Johnson, who is not a great shooter, mm-hmm. it allowed him, we, we were able to take advantage of Steve's strengths and use their weakness against him. So we were able to play off of Avery and I was able to keep Tim Duncan away from the rim and not allow him to shoot that little bank shot that he liked to do. And, and uh, then on the other end, it was like, we get the stops. How are they going to stop us? Who's going to cover me? Who's going to cover Michael? Who? So we were able to exploit that. That helped us to get back into the game. Mm-hmm. Now, the shot, you know, I just positioned myself, uh, of course – Anytime you have a shot that goes one from one side of the of the basket, usually it's going to rebound or come off the other side. And I just positioned myself and found myself in there to just in case. Yeah, and it happened to come literally right to me, and I just it's like one of those pause moments where everything just froze, and I'm like, I've got to make this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and For sure. uh, just, just just put it in, and we went ballistic and. We it was probably awesome. had the best party that night uh, at Cedric Sabalas' house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just had an absolute ball. And That's so cool. And we, we really just enjoyed and hammed it up. And that was one thing about us is that we all hung out together. I mean, Nash, Dirks, all of us, we always did things together. Mm-hmm. On the road, we'd eat dinner together and, and do different things and go to events together. So we had a great uni, uni, unified team, and so it was fun. And yeah, no, that, that's awesome. And I, like, just like that Bulls game, I remember watching that game and amazing moment. One thing I want to ask you about that season also, I'm convinced if the Mavs didn't sign Dennis Rodman, you guys make the playoffs that year. What do, you, what do you think? I, I was just talking to, to, you know, people ask me that. And I was talking to somebody about that probably about a week and a half ago. And oh, I, yeah? I said, I was on a plane actually. And I, I was talking to a guy and I said, if we do not sign Dennis Rodman that year, there's no question in my mind that we make the playoffs. I think we tied the Lakers for the best record in the second half of the season. And then, you know, of course the Lakers won the championship mm-hmm. and they were like 28 and 10 or something like that. And we were like 28 and 10. Yeah. I know you won nine of your last 10. Yeah. Uh, we lost, we, we, we missed the playoffs by like four games. Yeah. And, and you went, I looked at it when, during his stint in Dallas, he was here for 12 games and the Mavs went three and nine. Yes. I mean, it just was not a good situation. I mean, what do you remember most about him being with the Mavs? I mean, was it just like, I mean, obviously one, it's a distraction, but I mean, were there any benefits to it at all? Uh, No, it really wasn't because he wasn't the same. Mm -hmm. He wasn't the same Dennis Rodman that was with Chicago. If we would have had the same Dennis Rodman that was at Chicago, we we definitely could have used it to our advantage. But, Mm -hmm. you know, there are times, you know, defensive schemes, he wasn't executing our, our defensive schemes, you know, our rotations. It was kind of like being four on five, you know, uh, at a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't get him to rotate. You know, he did a good job of getting us extra shots at times, but it was sporadic. It wasn't that constant Dennis Rodman-like uh, play that we could have used mm-hmm. and uh, helped us. But uh, other than that, uh, you know, and then, we, you know, things changed. I mean, he – you know, we'd have usually have our meet our routines change. We'd have our meetings. There'd be times he'd be lifting, and we'd have to wait on him. And, mm. and so, you know, it it was it was yeah, it was a distraction all the way around. It kind of threw us for a loop. 
Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, that season, you guys ended on a roll. Things are looking up. Like, as a lifelong Mavs fan, I'm starting to get excited about the next season. And then I find out you were traded. Yeah. I was really bummed about that. Yeah, I was um, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I know it's a business, but, I mean, you had been, th- been there through some not-so-great times and played a huge role in turning things around. What was that – like what? What was going through your mind when you're traded from you know a team on the rise to just a completely different situation? I mean, going to the Knicks is cool, Madison Square Garden and all that. But I felt like I mean you were like a big part of the team, like the heart of the team at that time. I mean, what What was that like for you? It hurt. It, it really did. I was I was really hurt, and I I think it took me a few years to recover wow. from because just as you said, you know when you've given your blood, sweat, and tears to an organization that's in the doldrums of the basketball league at that time, you mm-hmm. know, and now you're starting to see the turn of the corner and, and now you're excited about, you know, all of what you've done and what you put in and how much you've given. And then to not be able to, to see that come to fruition is, is um, it, it was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand, like you said, it's a business. A lot of it had to do with Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, I was a starter. Uh, Steve was coming off the bench at that time and, and, and he's a hall of famer and they wanted to, they didn't want him looking over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And, and although for me, that wouldn't have been a problem. I wouldn't have minded going to the bench and coming off. But I, I think at that time, you know, big Nelson, uh, loved, liked me. And I think little Donnie, uh, kind of worked behind the scenes and and uh, they wanted him. They felt that they had the same kind of player in Greg Buckner mm-hmm. that I was. So, you know, having two of us and then having to deal with me as a part of that that uh, equation was one that they just wanted to just uh, move away from. So it's right. part of the deal. Yeah, and then I, I know you moved around some. You went to – Vancouver, yeah. or you, you spent that next season in New York and Vancouver, but then you went to Boston, and that, yeah. I mean, that was a pretty promising situation, and, you know, I'm looking at some of your your stats here. I mean, you played in 79 games, you played 20 minutes a game, and, I mean, you got to play with Paul Pierce, Antoine Walker, and you were part of that, that amazing comeback against the Nets in the playoffs. I mean, w- did you enjoy your experience in Boston? Because, I mean, that, that was definitely a, an, an improvement from where you had been before. Absolutely. That was – you know, it cost me a lot to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I I was so miserable in, in um, Vancouver. I, if I had a chance to do it again, I would have wouldn't have done it. But then I wouldn't have experienced what I experienced in Boston. Mm-hmm. I, I actually um, opted out of my contract of two more years to, to, to just get out of Vancouver. Yeah. And, um, you know, that enabled me to go to Boston. And I had the greatest time playing with those guys because, you know, preseason we were picked to be like last in the East. And for us to, to, to be, be second in the East as far as record was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were underdogs coming in. Nobody looked at us, but we – we we put in work and we we go and beat teams and 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 just change the way that we 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 uh, we played with a chip on our shoulder every night and it was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I I actually uh, 
couple of weeks ago, I had one of these meetings with Tony Delk. So he and yeah. I were talking about that Boston team. And yeah, it definitely sounded like a, a cool experience. I, I know he, he enjoyed his time there, aside from the weather, which he was very vocal about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then you move on to Indiana. And what was, what was it like playing with Jermaine O'Neal, Reggie Miller, uh, playing under Isaiah Thomas? Did, did, was that a, a good experience for you in your, in your career? Yeah, I mean, shoot, it was crazy because I was one of the oldest guys on the team. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a very young team. I mean, they had, you know, Jonathan Bender and Al Harrington. Yeah. All these guys were young rookies coming in together. Mm-hmm. And um, so you had all of that going on. And so – and then, you know, Reggie Miller to, to play with him, you know, as his career was closing out, you know, he was a great leader. He was fun. Uh, it was fun to have shooting games with him after practice. and he made you better. And so, yeah, absolutely. You know, of course I got to play with Ron Artest, Ron right. Artest, formerly known, uh, yeah. Ron Artest, uh, met a world peace and, um, and he was a unique character. And so, yeah, it, it was, it was fun playing with those guys as well. Cool. Yeah. And then I know you had a couple of years in Milwaukee after that. Are there any memorable stories? I was about to ask, if Ray Allen was there, but I know he was, no, I, no he wasn't. He, he was maybe a year removed from that. So, uh, I mean, what, what, who were some of the notable teammates you were playing with at that time? You know, Tony Kukoc was there. Oh yeah. Cool. And, um, and then, you know, young Michael Red, who was, Oh yeah. At that time and, uh, Desmond Mason. And, uh, so we, we just had a team that, uh, ran, mm-hmm. we ran and we pushed the ball and, and we pressed TJ Ford was there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it was a, it was a good, it was a good core of guys. You know, I mean, we, we, we did well. I think we ended up fourth or fifth in the East at that time. And, uh, but yeah, but it it was, it was okay. I love Terry Porter as a person. I just, he wasn't very good at, you know, coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he didn't work out in Phoenix either. So yeah. Yeah. He, you know, he just, his, his, his X and O's and his rapport with them, Great, great floor general as a point guard, but just uh, didn't didn't transfer over in, in that aspect on the pro level. Right. And then I do know you, you briefly came back to Dallas in the training camp mm-hmm. following your your Milwaukee stint, and you didn't end up making the team. Did, did you play overseas after that, or was that the, the no. end of your career? Yeah, I, I ended up getting hurt, mm-hmm. and, and then I just – I actually was um, – in the process of getting custody of my son. And, mm-hmm. and so at that point I felt that he was the priority. Absolutely. And yeah. I just said, you know, I got to offer a couple things and a couple opportunities, but I just decided that, you know, that was it. That was the end of my run and, and ended up getting custody of him and raising him. And, and so, um, uh, that's kind of how it went down for me. And that, that was fine. I was okay with that. Yeah. So what, what are you doing these days then? Well, these days, you know, my wife and I, we, we own a, you know, tax and accounting company here in Dallas. Um, we, and, and I am um, director of basketball operations for a company called ePlay Technologies. We uh, are digitizing core books and, and stats and, and uh, uh, we create what they call an e-score, which gives you an objectionable, it's going to be really good for com- you know, for recruiting in the future. It's, it's something that we're, we're launching right now. We're in the mm-hmm. process of launching and on a national, national schedule. We're doing a lot of things uh, with a lot of organizations. So basically we're digitizing what has been the norm 
in in sports books for 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 the time. You know, you you know, you've been constantly writing the stats on the book. Mm-hmm. We're just taking that whole process, digitizing it, and we're allowing them to be able to uh, create phenomenal tools for um, coaches, for organizations, for staffs, and and that's kind of what we do now. And uh, you can find us at eplay.us and mm-hmm. kind of get a little insight as to what we do there. Cool. That sounds really interesting. I'll have to check that out. So I think I just got a couple more questions for you. And thank you so much for your time, by the way. This has been a lot of fun reminiscing with you. You were one of my favorites back in the day. So I appreciate this. I appreciate that, Mike. So one question is, it's my gut feeling that this is probably Dirk's last season. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you you planning to go to any games to to see him play a couple more times while he's he's still an active player? Well, I'm a referee now. Oh, Mm -hmm. dang, I forgot to tell you that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I referee, (laughs) so – I refereed collegiate ball as well as high school. Oh, cool. I went last year to G League hiring. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I didn't get hired last year. As um, a ref? They're, they're, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, so they're, they're going to bring me back this year. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so that, that's part. So as a referee, you know, they asked me to come down and do a lot of their preseason scrimmage stuff and their mm-hmm. fan jams. And so I get to talk to Dirk a little bit and get to see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm a referee – you know, like I've got um, like 12 games in the month of mm. November and that, and that's just college. So yeah. uh, I don't have much time to get down there and see them personally, but you know, I got to talk to him face to face and see him. Michael Finley is still a close friend of mine. So yeah. I get to keep up with what they're doing in, in, on that. We play golf all the time. Oh, that's cool. So I chop it up with them and see what's going on. Yeah. And then I think my last question is, now, I remember watching you so many years with the Mavs. You had a knack for taking charges. Mm. You took a lot of charges. Was there ever was there one memorable one that you were like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. That really hurt. It's like if someone just comes crashing into you, like Shaq or David Robinson or someone. Because you probably – I know you took some from some really big guys. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who they were. There were so many. I couldn't tell yeah, you. Exactly, I didn't, but there was yeah. a time when um, I got um, – we were playing the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shaq was just doing whatever he wanted with Sean Bradley. And, <laughs> that you know, that was, was an annual thing for a while there. Yeah, I was a kid that opened my mouth before I thought about what I opened my mouth. <laughs> and so I, I, I cursed a little bit at that time. I don't curse now, but I, I cursed then. And, and uh, I said something to the tone of uh, Shaq was doing everything. And I said to Don Nelson, I said, effing put me in on him. <laughs> and uh, I didn't. Really, I don't think I really meant that. I think I was just talking, and and, and he did. And so he put me in for like five minutes in the game. And and uh, you know I'm pretty strong kid, and I'm I'm leveraging Shaq up a little bit in the post. And he looks back at me, and he's like, "Really?" And you know he does one of his Shaq Debo moves, and I draw a charge from him, and mm-hmm. kind of took him out of the game. I think it was a second foul. I think I did it once or twice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that didn't feel too good. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. But, yeah, I, I mean, I remember you drawing some t- timely charges, getting the ball back for the Mavs, and just – that was always really cool. And, and, and I think I remember just hearing on the TV, just I, I think at one point you were leading the league in charges taken, even if it wasn't like an official stat that the yeah. Mavs were tracking it or something and you were the league leader. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was my forte. I. Yeah, you know, but that you know that comes with my football background and mm-hmm. just the ability. I was a linebacker safety, and 
just the ability to understand what a player is trying to do, what his strengths is, and just beating him there. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, getting there before uh, they were about to do what they were going to do. And, and uh, I, 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 I created an art form for it. I think Draymond Green's trying to, trying to do what I used to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, thanks a lot, Eric. I, I appreciate you responding, responding to me on LinkedIn. It's been a lot of fun connecting with former Mavericks and I, I've really enjoyed our talk tonight and um, I'll, I'll shoot you a link once I get this uh, ready to post online. Please do. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And you have a great night and good luck with everything you got going on. I'm, I'm happy for you and I'm glad you're still in the Dallas area because uh, you were definitely appreciated in your time here. Thank you so much, Mike. Good luck to you and best wishes in all that you are are doing. Uh, you did a wonderful job with the interview and um, I appreciate your insight and, and wisdom and in, that I inspired <laughs> you as a young kid a little bit. <laughs> for sure. For sure. You provided some great memories. So thanks a lot. Have a great night, Eric. All right, man. You take care. All right. Bye.